0: Welcome to the Thunder Basketball Universe. It's a road pod straight from the Big Apple. That's right. Nick and I are coming to you from New York City where the Thunder is sitting in the middle of an East Coast road trip. We're talking basketball and a look at life on the road. It's going to be a good one. It's the Thunder Basketball Universe. Welcome into the Thunder Basketball Universe. It's me and Nick sitting in the Big Apple. It's a road pod.
1: Love the road pod. We haven't had a chance to do too, too many of these this year, but this is going to be a special one because it's a it's a really great trip.
0: No producer Hindi this time, just me and Gallo, and we're, we're trying not to mess up too much, but I got to say it's been really cool seeing New York. This is my very first trip to New York City, and I was absolutely just wide-eyed, bug-eyed, driving through New York getting here today
1: i think that's one of the most special things about being a part of the nba is you get to travel to all of these cities and experience not only their culture and you know just see different types of people different um walks of life that that you're maybe not exposed to everywhere else and um, it makes you appreciate Oklahoma City in a lot of ways and it makes you appreciate some of the things that some of these other cities have as well. You're getting to see all of these different arenas, the players, the the coaches, the fans, uh, the atmospheres and so we've got a couple really good ones coming up with Madison Square Garden and then uh, TD Garden in Boston.
0: I gotta say I'm looking forward to the gardens but Detroit was actually really really cool to see in person. It's something that you hear on TV all- all the time the announcer go Detroit and so seeing that in person and just every single arena has their own individual thing that makes them them and every single fan base has their own personality so it's been really cool seeing that in person from arena to arena.
1: There's such a charm and history to all of these cities particularly the ones on the east coast that have had basketball for so long and even though Detroit's in a brand new arena which is gorgeous by the way uh, they still kind of have that History that vibe of you know people who were there watching the bad boys Pistons who are still diehard fans. The one thing I will say is there were a massive number of Thunder jerseys at the Pistons game. People in the front two rows they were all fired up about seeing Stephen Adams and SGA and CP3. So uh, I think you know sometimes the Thunder crowd can drown out the home crowds when uh, when this, this OKC team is playing really well. Thunder
0: fans do travel well, and the ones that were there did get to see a really good game for the Thunder. Got out to a really hot, really energetic start against Detroit after two games with kind of a lull in energy for the Thunder. It was really good to see them popping and bouncing back on the offensive end, shooting a remarkable clip, one of their best of the season, 61% from the field, and that allowed them to stay in the game for the entire 48
1: minutes. Yeah, they got off to a a 69-point first half but they gave up 64 points in that first half. And so the big difference was in the second half, even though it was a close game, tight game, Detroit made their big fourth quarter push, the defense did show back up again. And so I think there's two things that the Thunder can take from that game, which is you honed in on what the game plan was offensively, which is, move with more tempo and pace, attack, be forceful on offense with the ball. And that's really been a hallmark of this Thunder squad all season is being able to take those lessons from the coaching staff and actually apply them on the floor. And then the other takeaway is just needing to be a little bit more consistent on the defensive end of the floor, rebounding the basketball, defending the three-point line. And then, you know, getting back in transition, those three things, they haven't necessarily been there for the Thunder in the last two or three weeks. Uh, They've been able to win a lot of those games, but coming off back-to-back losses against two of the very best teams in the NBA, that really kind of showed you, all right, here's the level that we need to be able to get to. And and so this was a good opportunity to bounce back from that. And
0: that's something that Coach Donovan said after the game is we were fortunate to be shooting at the clip we were shooting because we weren't defending the three very well. We gave up a lot of threes in that first half. And so the Thunder, one of the things, like you mentioned, that they're going to need to shore up on is that three-point defense, is that transition defense to limit looks. And so whenever shots aren't falling at the clip that they're normally falling, like it was against Detroit, there's still defense to go back on and fall back on in that case.
1: And they were trying to execute the game plan, trying to take away the corners because Detroit's the best corner three point shooting team in the league. They were just hitting everything else.
0: And Detroit really had an opportunity to come back. They actually did regain a lead after being down by as many as 16 points in that game, came back all the way in the fourth quarter to regain a lead. And that's when the Thunder really had to show its defensive prowess and really put itself back in a position to win the game.
1: Well, there were a couple gut punches right at the end of the third quarter that kind of set all of this up. So. T. Ferg buries a corner three that is like a tenth of a second too late at the shot clock buzzer. Then Stephen Adams tries for a heave Another one. <laughs> at the very end of the quarter. He gets fouled ninety feet away from the basket and misses all three free throws. When he had been shooting like over seventy percent from the free throw line over the since the beginning of the the new year since the since January first of twenty twenty, he was about 72 percent from the line and he misses all three so that's six points off the board that would have been huge
0: a little side note from that heave whenever Steven got fouled on the bench you could see Dennis Schroeder just really disappointed that he didn't get to see his center shoot another heave 90 feet away from the rim and I think that was kind of a representation of how all Thunder fans are feeling in that moment just the excitement to see Steven attempt another full court three
1: Well, Dennis knows firsthand what Stevens' baseball passes can do since he was on the receiving end of that big one against Minnesota a couple months ago.
0: Well, Thunder fans will have another opportunity to see their team in action in a very exciting back-to-back game, starting with New York. Different for the season, this is the first time the Thunder is facing the Knicks in March, which is just uh, a different thing than has normally happened so far this
1: season. Yeah, usually at this point in the year, you'll at least have some reference point of like, okay, we played those guys a month ago. We played those guys two months ago. This is an interesting, unique situation for both teams, obviously, coming in, never having played against the other early in this year. So, gonna have to learn personnel on the fly it's nice that they have this full day in between to get a little bit of extra film study in on some of the tendencies new york plays a little bit differently anyway because they have a number of power forwards they've got taj gibson julius randall bobby portis Uh, They've got guys like Kevin Knox who can play that four spot as well. So going to be an interesting personnel matchup, especially with the Thunder not having Darius Baisley, who really would slot in as a guy to defend those positions. So going to be another chance for OKC's bigs to maybe have to play against some guys that are smaller than them and OKC's guards to have to you know, hulk up and, and deal with some guys that are bigger than him.
0: Another test for physicality, definitely for the Thunder, especially over these past three games, really, that's just been a key. It's just execute offensively with more force and then defend with more force as well be physical not get back down on the block and bump people on their cuts and that's something that like you mentioned is really going to have to come to fruition for the Thunder in that game
1: yeah and they'll have to do it again two nights later on Sunday it'll be a slightly earlier tip off I think it's 5 p.m central time a Celtics team that came to OKC and it was one of the games of the season uh Thunder just came up short in that one but That will be another really good rematch there.
0: That was a game that came down to a wire exciting game in Chesapeake Energy Arena and a game where the Thunder really kind of did well offensively. Didn't neither team really shot a super high percentage from the field, but it really came down to the margins in that game.
1: Yeah. The late three point shooting by Kemba Walker, Jason Tatum got a little bit loose. It's so hard to defend those guys as they come around screens. Uh, and then the the play that kind of sealed it was a, an incredible steal by former Oklahoma State guard Marcus Smart out out top. Uh, Chris Paul drains a, a three at the buzzer, but it was one point too shy. It was a 112-111 loss. Uh, but It was another example of the Thunder hanging tight with one of the NBA's very best teams uh, and one of the most complete teams at that. So this will be a great chance to test themselves on the road, where actually the Thunder's been better on the road than at home this season.
0: It'll be a good test and back-to-back games in gardens on the East Coast. So we'll see if the Thunder can roll with the momentum that they built up in Detroit. Here at the Thunder, we like to keep the main thing the main thing. And for the Thunder right now, the main thing is really honing in on defense. As of late, the Thunder's offense has been really performing at a high level, especially against Detroit in this last game, shooting 61% from the field. And earlier in the season, defense was an area that the Thunder really thrived in and really put a lot of pride in. And when the Thunder starts shooting at such a high rate, it's one of those areas that they can't forget about.
1: Right. 23 straight games that the Thunder's allowed 100 points and allowing 100 in the NBA is not an insane amount, but I think it is a sign that they haven't had one of these just outstanding defensive nights where they really put the clamps down. And now opposing NBA teams are better offensively as the season goes along as well so take that into account too. The number that I really look at though is defensive rebounding percentage.
0: The defensive glass for the Thunder is an area where everybody has to be productive and contribute not just Steven Adams not just New Noel the big guys in the paint it has to come from the guards whenever the ball gets rotated on that defensive end a lot of times the Thunder defense gets scrambled which messes up rotations and then sometimes you're boxing out a guy that's you know maybe be six inches taller than you so that's an area that the Thunder has gonna have to like we mentioned earlier really execute that physicality
1: yeah that rotational box outs are critical having your guards be able to get in there get up underneath guys and that's why I mentioned the defensive rebounding percentage because that really takes away any sort of pace of play uh, situation that's skewing the numbers on just raw rebounds defensive rebounding percentage the Thunder wants to be between like 75% and 80% each night uh, recently that number has sort of dipped down to about 71 percent uh, seventy-one and a half. and so that's just something that I know coach Donovan is keeping an eye on and, and so Thunder fans if you really want to get in the weeds uh, go take a look at those numbers on NBA stats
0: like Chris Paul says all the time you want to be able to win and learn at the same time and luckily the Thunder is coming off a really really good win in Detroit and we'll look to really hone in on the defensive end going into New York and Boston What made us look in Detroit last night was Shea's performance shooting from the field. He had his best shooting performance of his career, 27 points, but shot 80% from the field on 12 of 15 and two of four from the three. And one of the things that was pointed out to us was, a lot of those shots were happening late in the shot clock where he seemed extremely comfortable.
1: Especially in that fourth quarter, he was able to just get to some spots, get those little floaters and runners to go. When he has that shot dropping, he is almost impossible to guard because he's so crafty getting all the way to the rim. He's got the step back three if he needs to pull that out of his bag of tricks, but... The one that really gives you maybe confidence that he's going to emerge into uh, a potential star player in this league is his ability when there's five on the shot clock to go get into a spot in the lane and just rise up and get a shot off over whoever is defending him. And his ability to be a little herky-jerky there, shoot off of one leg, shoot off of the opposite leg that he would normally go off of, and and then put up a a floater with his right hand or a, a little fadeaway jumper, those are shots that are most players can't even get off, let alone hit.
0: As a player, especially just a super competitive player, when that clock starts hitting six, five, four, and you have the ball, it's definitely something that just... it, it It's really fun to see what, what you can go into your bag of tricks with, and that's a one-on-one play, just like you are in a schoolyard. Like, how can I beat this guy? And what has he been doing all game that I can exploit?
1: Shea doesn't usually emote too much, but he did admit that those types of plays are really fun to him. And you can just tell by the way his touch just is so soft he's practiced those types of plays over and over and over again
0: a lot of one-on-one time in in the schoolyard for him probably
1: or him versus Nikhil his cousin Nikhil Alexander Walker who plays for the Pelicans probably going toe-to-toe and uh, trying to get shots off against each other
0: I bet that was really I I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall in those situations it's probably so intense between those two We have now reached that point in the podcast where we want to bless your timeline. And Steven Adams, before the game, the treasure that he is, blessed all of our timelines with a very subtle, very impressive feat where he had a water bottle and was just standing on the sideline and flipped it. We I didn't see if that was his first try or not. But it's
1: <laughs> his first try, Paris.
0: <laughs> Asterisk, it's always his first try. But flipped it and... It, it was actually really impressive
1: yeah the bottle flip challenge he's bringing that back from like 2017 or 2018 wherever we left it uh but he nailed it and then he did the dab too which is like wow steve you're really you know bringing some oldies and goodies back
0: the dab i was not prepared for the dab you can find this clip on thunder's social channels be sure to check it out it's it's definitely something that'll bring a smile to your face we'll put it in the show notes too that's all for us here in the Big Apple. Thank you so much for listening. Be sure to like, rate, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Producer Hindi, thank you so much for cutting everything back in Oklahoma City. And until next time, thunder up and catch you later. That's a wrap.